and thank you for listening to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. This is a passion project I have to bring you insight and tactical advice that you can take and run with today from myself and a very talented and genuine group of guests brought together to help you take your family experience from good to great and build that foundation of confidence and respect and wisdom that every parent wants to see their child master before they ever leave home. What I really love, though, is connecting with you and giving you a space to connect with each other, which is exactly why the Family Architects Club exists. This private parents club is designed for every parent going through the 6570, those 6,570 days of the parenthood childhood dynamic, which is where your most influential and most impactful window exists as a parent. And this community supports, it guides, it laughs, it builds together to help you in the greatest project that you will ever have as a parent. That being the 6570 Family Project. So I invite you to come on into this club, get to know people and see what is waiting for you, including a free members only gift that you will love and use over and over and over again as a parent. So I can't wait to see you there. And you can just go to NellieHarden.com slash community. Again, that's NellieHarden.com slash community to get connected and get your free members only gift. So I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy come and hear all the discussions get all the tactics and have lots of laughs along the way we will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world my name is nelly harden big city girl turned small town sip an iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project. Let's go. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 6570 Family Project where we are building the beginning of our kids' futures. We are building our family experiences and we are having a good time along the way because this is 18 years of our life as well. So you guys, I have a very special guest and friend on today, Joanne Holbrook. She is a mother of two children, a spouse of a U.S. Army officer who has lived and raised her family, you guys get this, in South Africa, in England, in Germany, in Australia, and across the United States, literally across Across the United States, coast to coast. She is born in South Africa and living her life under the controlling apartheid government uh, while she was there. She began to yearn for a better understanding of cultures outside of her world. This experience combined with the world travels they uh, that came with the military life that they had and her teaching and performing 
art schools for the past 25 years allowed her to observe culture and parenting from multiple international perspectives and with a broader worldview. She is an author, a professional keynote speaker, parenting advocate, entrepreneur, uh, who through her friends, book and speaking uh, events, shares parenting stories to help build positive values-based families around the world. This is such an amazing conversation. I cannot wait for you to listen to it. I learned so much from just the different parents and cultures from around the world that she was able to share with us. And sometimes it is uh, way out of our comfort zone and we can pick and choose here. So I am not going to hold off any longer. I can't wait to dive into this with you. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited today. Just like I've been telling you about, you guys, I have Joanne here and she is just amazing. And I am so excited to share you uh, with our community. Welcome to the podcast here today. Well, thank you. Oh no, I love our chat. So this is easy. This is, this is fun. I know. I know. We were just talking for like 15 minutes beforehand. I was like, oh, we should have just been recording that. We have so much that we can just go back and forth on. We met gosh, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago now, year, year and a half Mm -hmm. ago. And we're both just in this, uh, parenting space and writer. She has an amazing book out, which we'll definitely, um, dive more into. And, uh, we just have so much in common in help the way we want to help the world with the way we want to help parents, the way we want to help families and also our own parenting and, uh, family journeys that we've been on. So you guys, I want to start off with, you know, whenever I have guests on here, I think it's so imperative to kind of dive into where did their leadership come from, right? We all are leaders in some way, in some capacity, even if that is just a self leader, right? Or you are leading other people, you're leading your family, you are leading a cause, you are leading uh, a business, whatever that is, we all have that leadership in us. And uh, Joanne, you are obviously a, uh, a wonderful leader of, um, parents and families. And I want to know, give me some of your background story, how you fell into this and where you think this leadership, uh, skills and these tendencies came along the way for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, um, a performing arts teacher. So I taught in schools all around, um, performing arts schools, sort of elementary, middle, high school. I was always around kids and I always enjoyed them and everything else. Um, And then I met my husband who's in the US military and he is on the trajectory of moving every 22 to 24 months. But every time we moved, we moved to a new country. So, you know, they say, you know, you know what you're signing up for. And I really didn't because, (laughs) uh, you know, I started having families and deployments and I was all alone, like on this journey. And my husband was always gone. I had two little kids. I was usually in a new state or a new country um, and I had to figure it out. And it's amazing what happens when you take away that support system that a lot of people really take for granted. And if you have one I really want you to go and just be so grateful for it because when you don't have it it's such a lacking in your life that you're doing everything alone even your spouse or your partner away uh, you're the one who has to figure out you know what kind of insurance you need and you know what side of the road are you driving today and there's all these things that you have to do 
So what I did was I started leaning on my new community, whichever country it was in. Um, so far, I've lived on four continents in five countries and in five US states. So it's been South Africa, where I'm from. Everyone wants to know about the accent. I should probably <laughs> put that up front. Um, and then, you know, living in England twice, Germany twice, um, the US and Australia, I started seeing just going day to day how other parents are so different mm. in different cultures and it was just amazing and what started off just as a me needing that became a curiosity that I just couldn't control um, I started finding out what others did how they did it why they did it and it don't you don't always have to agree and you don't always have to take it on but you become a kind of version of yourself when you just know how others do it and why they do it and that's sort of how the whole thing started. And I started gathering all these stories and tools and tips and ideas and concepts. And I started sharing them with my girlfriends who were having kids at the time or people I met. And they would always like message me or email me later and go, oh my gosh, what you shared with me has literally changed my life. You should write a book. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it happened. And one day I thought, I'm never going to write a book. I'm not an author. I'm not going to do it. And one day I started opening, I opened up a Word document and it was like download happened and I just wrote a book. It just came all out of me and I didn't want to lose the stories and the concepts and the ideas. So this whole thing just, just happened really. I just wanted to share these amazing ways that other people do it for those who can't travel or don't travel or find out that there is another way that you could be doing something. You don't have to do it like your, your family says, or like your neighbor says, or like your best friend says. There are other ways that feel, might feel more authentic to you. And that's pretty much what I do for families. I love that because I, and going back to what you said a little bit, when you are put into a position where you have to lead yourself, because if you don't, you are going to be homeless on the wrong side of the road and, you know, lost without insurance. Right. And all the things, and it's just really interesting. My, my husband and I, we, um, have always lived pretty far from family. Our closest was ever um, about an hour and a half, but, um, now for the last six years, we've been about a thousand miles, which I know is much further than you are from your family right now. But, um, still it's just very interesting to see back when we, or when we go, uh, back to our home States and we see, you know, siblings or cousins and, and all of that family that do rely on each other so much. And they have that support system there. And it is so different than what we have, you know, had to build and, and do because we live far away and we're so reliant on one another within the six of us, my husband and I, and four kids, um, because we've had to, right. Um, it was a choice we made and, and then we had to be able to lead ourselves in whatever we are doing that day. I've always only driven on the right side of the road though. So I, <laughs> I've been in the U S the whole time. Um, but, and I love, and right now, uh, you are in Hawaii, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. poor you, right? So sad <laughs> and, uh, down in Hawaii. And I, I love that. I think it's beautiful, um, that you've been able to have all of these wonderful experiences and be able to just 
learn from other people. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't know that there were other ways until I got much older, other ways in doing anything, other ways in cooking, other ways in having a family dinner, other ways in going to the grocery store and what a grocery store even looks like. There's so much culture and diversity of action, of things, of people, of, of thoughts and uh, out there. And I think it's really, really, really important to incorporate those into your family and expose them as much as possible, even if like during quarantine, we're watching National Geographic, you know, uh, a lot <laughs> during that time. So, so with all of that, that you've been through and that you've been, you learned and absorbed while you were away, how did that bleed into your own marriage and parenting, right? For your own kids. I think seeing things done a different way um, challenges you. I won't say that everything that I was taught and everything that I even bring to my families is like, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to try it on. And a lot of the times what's good for us, we, we challenge, we push away. You know, so a lot of the times it's not always an easy absorption. Um, but I think the one thing is when, when we were living in Germany, particular. Um, the culture there is so different on how they raise their families. It took me a while to really embrace it because, you know, I came from um, sort of the idea that I was everything to my kids. I had to be there 24 seven. I was their main everything. I was the one that taught them everything. I was the one, it was all on me and the pressure was enormous. Just the feeling of there's no one else going to do this, but me. Mm. Um, and when I went to Germany over the years that we lived there, it just sort of melted away because I, I learned from the culture and I learned from parents and I went mad finding parents just to give me these tools and I found them and they were amazing. But the culture taught me that I don't have to be everything in my child's life. You know, they very much, um, you have three times, family time, child time and parent time. And everything is very clearly in a box. So if you go um, out to a restaurant at 5 p.m., there's no children. It's only adults. It's adults socializing with adults. It's parents hanging out. It's, it's relationships with the parent being built. It's about the mom and the dad, the parents, and the no children. There's, they just focus on being an adult. So the parents are getting a break. They have a babysitter or they have grandparents looking after and they don't go out at night with their children. I mean, I took my kids to an event once and everyone was like, you have your children? Why? <laughs> like they couldn't believe it. And I was like, well, what else am I going to do with them? And I, I, and when I was there, I was so embarrassed. I was like, why didn't I think that I could leave my kids at home, you know, mm -hmm. with somebody and then they have uh, family time. Everything shuts down on a Saturday at one o'clock and nothing opens on Sunday. And everything in the week closes at five because parents come home and they spend time with the family. And after dinner, they go for a walk or they, there's all these things that are set up in the culture to do things with family. Oktoberfest, for example, is open to families until five. And then the children go home and the parents go back. So it's very much a clear line. And that seeing that line was really quite healing for me at the time. And then they have children time. So like if you go skiing, you won't see parents and families really together. You'll see mom and dad on the harder slopes and you'll see the, 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 the kids with pacifiers on the other slopes with someone teaching them and looking after them and teaching them resilience. 
So they put them in hard situations. They put them in situations where the child has to stand up and be strong on their own and go, mom and dad are doing this and I'm doing this. And later on, we're going to have really intentional family time. Wow. And I think that that was, I mean, I was the mom on the slopes. Uh, I don't ski. I don't believe in in, in not being stable, but my kids, <laughs> you know, it would be like my kids, I'd put them in a school to learn how to ski and I'd stand and watch them because I couldn't leave them. I can't leave them. I need to be here. And slowly, I mean, they, they all used to laugh at me. They were like, hello, you're here again. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, mama. You know, and they would like laugh at me because I couldn't leave my kids. And slowly over the time, I started realizing that I needed to leave them. They were okay. It was me that was the issue the whole time. So I think that was the biggest lesson I got from a culture on, on teaching your children three really important lessons, you know, just day, day by day by, by boxing what time is what time. That is fascinating to me. That is utterly fascinating. And I think it can be like, it it was a relief to you because you were able to let go a little bit and understand I don't have to be there all the time. And I think it can also be a relief to some people that might be listening or uh, in other cultures too, that don't feel like they need to be there all the time and feel the guilt for that. Right? Like, I don't feel like I need to be there all the time. I feel like they need to have more independence and that they can, but my aunt Sally is saying, no, 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 you have to be there 24 seven. And so it can, it can take some of that, how that wonderful mom guilt that, uh, always, you know, is chasing us down. Um, so I, I find that really interesting. And and I could go even further because what I would do, because I started seeing this, like, oh my gosh, I've got to give my kids more independence. I've got to put them in hard situations. So when we would go to the grocery store, you know, there um, you always have a change purse because you pay for everything with change. And I would send my kids, like my six-year-old into the bakery, which would terrify me to do. And I made her do it. And I'd give her my change purse and I'd say, I want this bread. And I would tell her how to say it in German. And I would say, I want this bread and I want this many and go and do it. And I'd stand outside and I was like, let's see what happens. And she would pop out with with six little rolls and the change and she wouldn't be phased. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I put my kids in situations that scare me? Because going into an, an, a, a, a culture where you don't speak the language, where you hodgepodging their language, where you're embarrassing yourself, it can be a little intimidating to do. And I thought, what if I throw my kids into these situations now, and then they won't be embarrassed about it, you know? Yeah. And they just, she's just like, so she always used to go and get the bread. She used to figure it out. She used to pay in different in Euro. She was just, she got it. And now she's, she's really a teen now, but she's nothing scares her. She can talk to anyone. And I really realized that, you know, using these opportunities to put your kids in situations, she was absolutely safe in the shop with me standing outside. Just let her figure it out. She'll be fine or she won't be and she'll learn a lesson. But, you know, I think we often like talk too much for our kids or we don't let them order for themselves at the restaurant or we don't, we, we always trying to do things for them. But actually the German way taught me that they are fine if you just let them go and Mm -hmm. figure it out without trying to do it for them. That's amazing. You know, in the 6570 family project, we talk a lot about, and I look at it like a, 
if you, if you will, like a 6,570 foot rope and we're passing it over, you know, little by little. And then at, by the time they finish this 6,570 days or first 18 years of life, like they have the whole rope, like they need to be able to do it all on their own and cast off and go on their own journey. And so in doing that toward the beginning, we're more hands-on and teaching and doing this, you know, with them and well for them with them, and then they do it by themselves. Right. Um, but it sounds like over there, they even, you know, let go even sooner, hand them so much more of the rope, even, even sooner, which I, I think is great. Um, honestly, there's so many times that my kids have been much more brave than I have been as an yeah. adult or when I was their age. Right. And it sounds Absolutely. like yours have too. You know, I really realized, and this is what I share with my parents in my courses and that it's usually us that's the issue. So, you know, mm -hmm. often people are like, how do I stop my kid from doing this? I'm like, I don't deal with that. I deal with you because 99%, we are our own worst enemy. We really do um, put things out there that aren't there. You know, it's like living in England, second grade, third graders, they start saying, so you're going to board your kid at the school? I'm like, no. I live just down the road. No, you can board them. And there was a woman who lived next door to the school who boarded her kid because she said, no, he has to go like third grade. He has to go and learn how to do it on his own. You know, he needs, he needs to be put in situations where he's worrying about laundry and homework and he doesn't need me to, to, to be over him. Now, that for me was a really hard pill to swallow because if I couldn't put my babies to bed at night, I was like, well, what's my life like? You know, like that was, I couldn't do that. But they have a different culture that I really had to really try and understand of they were like, they put school and resilience and independence above family time. So it's your choice. You can either go, my, I'm going to raise a, a really strong, resilient, independent child, an adult, or I'm going to really focus on family. And that's your choice. Neither is wrong. It's just your choice. You know, I still want to put my kids to bed at night, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but I respect the moms who have a really strong why on why they're doing something. Right. And I can completely resonate with resilience there. So like we talk about a lot, um, in this podcast and in the prod, the family project is about self-disciplined leadership. And there are four components to that. There's discipline, obviously there's vulnerability, vision, and resilience. Those the resilience is that fourth piece in there. And I, I do believe that you need all four of those in life. If you don't have the vision, then you can't go right. We can all, we can all, you know, put on blindfolders and bump into the walls and go somewhere, but you know, it's a, it's a game of chance as to where you go. So you have to have the vision in order to have some clue as to where you're going, the resilience to get back up. Cause you're going to fall along the way, the discipline to actually go right. And the vulnerability to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to fall and that's going to be okay. I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm going to stand back up and be able to share that story. And so it is, it's literally needed everywhere in life. So I, un I completely understand where they're coming from. That would be really hard for me too, though. Oh like God, not so many do it. Yeah. So many parents around the world do that. And that's fine because the schools are equipped for that. They have different and the kids turn out fine. So it's really about what experience you also want as a parent, you know, cause we also allowed to have 
set our goals for our wants in our home. It's mm. not always about the children. Sometimes I want to be a certain kind of mother. Mm -hmm. And you know, how often do we sit back and go, what do I want out of this experience? Right. You know, I want to read my kids stories before bed. And I want that. I want that because it feels amazing. I don't want to let them go and not have that. So, you know, it's also about what we want as parents, not just what's good for the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think we forget that component that, that this is our experience as well. Oh, absolutely. I always say it's 18 years of my life too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think, I think some people forget that they just, you know, like, they don't ever take the time to go, how do I want this to look? This is a big chunk of my life. Exactly. Yeah, it's huge. And when you look back on it, there's, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone that says, oh, you know, that 18 years went really slow. You know, <laughs> everyone I've talked, to, I mean, when you're in it, everyone. it can feel really slow. But when it's over, uh, I haven't yet to speak to a parent that was, that said it was slow when it's over. It's like, yeah, that actually went really fast, you know? And so it's here and it's gone. Um, but in that time, there's so much growth that could happen for you personally, you and your marriage, uh, your kids, you as a family and all of that. So with that being said, so what have you seen with your kids? I know she can buy bread. So that's awesome. And if I want bread, I'm going to, I'm going to go and call <laughs> in her. Another language. In a, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, especially if it's in a foreign country, uh, for me, but what else have you seen in your kids with that kind of experience that they had growing up? I think they become fearless, you know, like we learned, we moved to Hawaii and, and, you know, we, we were in Australia just before coming here and that, and, you know, um, they become less fear, fearful, which is huge because I know as an adult fear is the, always the thing that holds me back from doing anything. Absolutely. So I, I feel like if I throw them into fears now, they'll figure it out while they have me and my husband and the family there to support them so that they can know, you know, and my daughter particularly is very brave, brave. I mean, I sometimes look at her and I'm like, wow, imagine I could have been that brave that young, you know, like that would have been cool. But you know, we, we went to the screening of a movie um, in Australia and the director was there and he, at the end he had questions and no one asked questions. And she was 12 then. And she was like, I have a question. And they bring her the mic. And it was a theater full of like 200 people. And she was like, how did you do this and this and this and this and this? She was the only one who asked a question. But while she was speaking, my heart was the one that was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but she's so fearless because she's like, what's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? And, right. you know, like she, when we arrived in Hawaii, she, you know, we were doing COVID, she had never met anyone and she applied for student council uh, via zoom and she had never met anyone. She went on there. She had a little, little speech of what she wanted to do for the, and she didn't get picked because no one, everyone was like, who is this woman? We've never seen her before. You know, she's like this, this, you know, did this, she actually go here. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they didn't even know her. She had a funny accent. She was like, they were like, who is this girl? And, um, but she did it. And, you know, the next year they were all like, are you going to apply again? Cause now we'll vote for you. And she's like, nah, I'm over that one. I'm onto something else. So I see a bravery come through, um, a lot. And even in the parents that I work with and their kids, you know, um, I, I, I see it too. I have a, I have a family now that I'm working with and they're in, um, they're in Italy. And she was saying, you know, she lets her kids just travel, how to catch a train, mm. how to, how to board a plane. They don't stand there and go, okay, kids, you stand over here and I'm going to do it. They go, 
Okay, so our platform 17, we have to be there at 1030. And the kids lead them there. And obviously, the parents guide quietly, but they let the kid lead in front. Mm. When they check in at the, ho- at the um, hotels, the kids check them in. When they go board a plane, the children check them in. I do that with my kids. And my kids always go, are there any up- upgrades available? You know, <laughs> because I'm like, always ask for an upgrade. So, you know, like, like they're fearless to do these things. And if we do get to that, you know, that end of the rope and they're not scared, gosh, I don't know. I think it's going to be amazing to, to let them go and know that, that, you know, I didn't do everything for them. Right. Well, I always want them to be, I I use the phrase equipped with their greatness by the time they leave, but that includes not being fearful, right? Not being scared of getting out there and doing something that is going to move your, move you forward into your greatness, whatever your unique, Mm -hmm. uh, one of a kind you know, thumbprint or whatever is that you're going to put onto this world. If you're just sitting in fear, then you're never going to be able to get it done. And, you know, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this too. Just today, I homeschool three of my kids still. And so we were talking about, uh, we're doing history of science this year. And there's um, this scientist uh, around 1770s and he is uh, studying, he wanted to weigh the earth. Okay. And so, uh, he find the mass of earth and he was working with Newton's numbers and all these things. But anyway, he was so shy that no one even knew about his work until 10 years after he died and he died in his eighties. And he was so, so shy that he would, uh, only take walks at night when he couldn't run into anybody. Um, he had one housekeeper and one time he accidentally ran into her on the staircase. And so he built a new staircase on the back of his house. So it would never happen again. Like this completely insane, you know, amount of shyness led him to this life where he, you know, he obviously never got married and didn't have any kids. Um, he was so shy that, uh, even in the society of, um, uh, over in England, the, um, the mathematical society, they had to take a secret painting of him because he didn't want to be seen. And it's, it's a shame. And he did end up leaving some greatness, but he didn't get to experience that. And I bet he could have left a lot more had he been able to break out of his fears. And so, yeah, it's just, it was a story I was telling, I was reading this to my kids this morning. I was like, he built a new staircase. Like what? Who does that? Like, I never want to see my housekeeper again. <laughs> my daughter was like, I would be a little offended. <laughs> so funny. But so I want to, I am a traveler wannabe. COVID has obviously uh, put like a kibosh on that for a while. We just um, celebrated our 20th year anniversary. We really wanted to go to Belize for it. That had always been the plan. Didn't go to Belize, Um, but it is, it is definitely in the future. And I love going around and when we go to places actually doing work in those places, right? Not just enjoying the the, the sites and the tourist things, which can be super cool, but also getting into the culture, uh, which is what you get to do when you live in these places. Hmm. So, so we talked a little bit about Germany and a little bit about Europe. What did you notice in Australia? I'm curious. 
anything over there. Yeah, well, I um, Australians are more simple, and I really enjoyed the simplicity of mm. things there. You know, if you went to a rugby game or whatnot, you have a, you know, so coming from, we would just come from Virginia, and I'd been doing being on a baseball field and going to a concession stand and there was a menu and I know because I was concession mom as well and I'd have <laughs> to fry up burgers and chips and uh, french fries and pretzels and hot dogs and cheese on the I mean I was like what is going on here <laughs> and then I go to Australia and there's a mom and dad with a sausage sizzle and that's all you get at the concession stand and the sausage sizzle is a long sausage on a on a piece of bread folded over that's all you got. And everybody, I mean, I was addicted to sausage sizzles because they were so simple. It was like, yeah, I'll go with sausage sizzle. And um, it was just the simplicity of things, how I really realized that we overcomplicate the checklist of what we think our children have to do by the time they 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 leave. Mm. We have to we have to go to Disney. We have to do this. They have to experience this. They have to experience it. And you exhaust yourself. But, you know, I was brought up in South Africa during apartheid and during sanctions. I had none of that. And that turned out just fine. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like sometimes we overcomplicate what we need and what our children need. And actually I was just working with a bunch of parents now in a, in a previous course and I put in, and it was a bit of a surprise to me. I put in um, a question in some of the prompts and I listed a whole lot of questions for the kids, the parents to interview their, their children. And I was, and I asked the parents to share and some of them videoed their children getting um, interviewed and all the things that came out were simple. It wasn't, it wasn't complicated things. It wasn't, you know, it was sort of things like, what do you enjoy doing with your mom? What are you like doing here? What do you, what's your favorite thing to do? And none of it was go to Disneyland or have the best day on, on at this amazing park. It was all like um, drawing with mom or sitting with the family or you know, re mom reading me a book. It was the things that cost nothing that took no time. And it just, it was just about the, t the moment. So I think in Australia, I learned, I learned mainly about, about just making things simple again, just bringing it back. Don't overcomplicate. Don't add because you feel like you have to, or you should, or you should be giving them this experience. They actually don't care. They really just want you, whatever that is. So I think that the simplicity of Australia um, and the swearing, that's a funny story. So Australians love to swear um, a lot. And, um, you know, at first when we got there, um, we were warned by other Americans like, oh, be careful. They're going to swear because my husband worked at the embassy there and the, the people at the embassy were like, oh, prepare your children. <laughs> and it was true. At first, we would, you know, you walk around the mall and these parents would be swearing and these there was just F-bombs and, <laughs> and we'd go to school events and the kids would be like shouting swear words to the other team. <laughs> and I mean, eventually, but eventually it became like nothing. And then we realized that Swearing is two, two parts. And this is what my kids learned. It's the intention behind the swearing. Mm -hmm. So now like we don't stress about swear words because we were like, you know, we got used to that in Australia, <laughs> but now it's like, what is it? Is the intention good or bad? Yeah. And usually in Australia, the intention was good. It was just a big emotion around the swearing. And, and it was funny how it just dumbed it all down. Like now my kids are like, yeah, whatever. They couldn't even they don't even get phased, but they do get phased when it's done with a negative intention. Right. 
Right. And I, and I think that's one thing I learned there as well is there's two different ways of, of doing things like that. But the swearing was a big thing that when we were all like, Oh my God, but in America, they don't do that. (laughs) Not to that extent. (laughs) That is so funny. I was over in Australia for a while, but I was in Northern Australia and I was on a boat. So I, we didn't experience that. Um, we weren't around the locals all that much though, except for the, the humpback whales. And they were quite quiet on that regard. Um, but it's funny you mentioned about the simplicity because I'm, as you're, you know, saying what some of those kids were answering, I'm thinking about my kids and especially throughout the last, you know, a couple of years with COVID happening and everything, if I would say, um, I, I know one of them in particular would say this and probably more of them, you know, what do, what is something that you love doing most with the family? It would be a cruise. I have some kids that are <laughs> in infatuated with cruises, but here's the thing you talk to them. And I I'm like, so what is it, you know, about the cruise that you love so much without a doubt, they always say first thing unlimited ice cream. (laughs) Okay. I think your kids and I are going to get on just fine because that's all, that's all good stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, Okay. So if we have like an unlimited ice cream day at home one day, is that going to like live up to a cruise? And then they're like, no, 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 no. You know, but poolside ice cream is something. Yeah. (laughs) I just find it so funny that when I ask them, they're like unlimited ice cream, it was like, uh, unlimited ice cream is first. And like then unlimited tacos. Cause there's a taco bar, like right by the pool too. You're out in the middle of the ocean and all of this. So yeah. Um, and they've been on two of them now and they, I can honestly say they are addicted to them and now we can't go on one because of everything happening. Yeah. So that is so funny. Um, okay. So I want to know if there, I, I could talk for hours about this. I find this so fascinating, all these different cultures that you were able to, you know, be a part of, immerse yourself and just pick and choose and see what works and what doesn't uh, work and, and be sensitized or desensitized to different things. Um, I, I find it really fascinating with world cultures and when you work with families, do they, I mean, obviously you're working with a family from Italy that you said, so they come uh, from everywhere and they are looking to you in order to uh, have you help them with what they're going through in their own uh, culture as a family and outside of their family, I'm, I'm expecting. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sort of, I've, I've made myself from nowhere, you know, because I've moved so much of, or the, everywhere. I mean, I've, I was yeah everywhere and and because you know I moved from South Africa when I was 26 Mm. and then moved to England all by myself um before I met my husband and, and started that whole journey you know that was a long time ago so you know I'm sort of not from anywhere you know um so I think that you know in my last course I had eight different countries um I've had courses where I've had 12 countries sometimes I have people from Indonesia and Singapore and all of that and um I I think that they also just looking for another way especially yeah. in other cultures like I was working with an Indian family a while ago and you know the Indian in-laws are very very verbal on how they want their grandkids raised and this mom was like I just need to know what else is out there Mm. so it was really healing for her to you know explore 
how she does things and, and what she wants, like what feels good for her. And then, and then to bring that into her family, because she was so in a little snow globe of parenting that she didn't know how else it was possible. Cause she had such a strong voice um, on the side, telling her how to do things. You should do this. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And she was just like, I'm surely not. It feels good to do this. And just to know, I think just the, 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 the fact that you can know that, other people are doing this successfully makes parents feel better. Oh, like, you absolutely. know, oh, well, that feels good. You know, like that's, that's good for me. You know, we always seek the evidence that we need. And I think that sometimes, you know, a parent who's like, I want to go out with my partner every day and just have time with them, you know, to know that that's actually a cultural way it relieves so much pressure to go, you know what? My marriage is so important to me. I'm going to invest this time and not feel guilty about my kids, you know, staying at, staying right. at home or getting a sitter or whatever. And I think that that is, you know, this, like you say, that rope is not long, right? you know, and if you can sort of get information from others to help you feel like this is a better experience, you know, I'd hate someone to get through those days and realize that, you know, they didn't, they didn't see something that was, that could have just changed things. Well, I've learned from this conversation that I need to send my kids to boarding school. Like I'm super <laughs> late with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, they're in middle school and high school at this point. And I'm, I, you know, I'm a few years behind. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I mean this, I have many friends whose kids are in boarding school yeah. and they, they, they are so happy with that decision. That's yeah. like the absolute great decision for them. And I, I never really even thought of it before, but I, I too know some people and yeah, the perfect, perfectly functional and, mm. and have those relationships. And I just never even thought about it before because I'm so indoctrinated with, you know, with here. And even when I started thinking about the 6570 and building this independence, building this, this, um, self-disciplined leadership within your kids, that's even a foreign subject to a lot of people here in the States, because most kids, uh, here in the States are graduating high school or leaving home still in this very highly parent disciplined, uh, zone that they're in. And they don't have that independence and self-discipline leadership. And it leads to this whole domino effect of other things happening. So, you know, even in my, um, you know, more watered down, not sending my kids, you know, to boarding school earlier or what have you, uh, even, even just bringing up and helping, uh, bring a voice to building independence and in, in this leadership within your kids, um, has, has faced some of that. So that's really interesting. It, it really has. And, you know, um, last semester, my daughter, who's she, she pushes very easily. I have to pull her back. Um, I let her say yes to everything. Which is funny because I didn't let her, I didn't sit there and go, well, let's look at your schedule and let's do this. She just says yes to everyone because it feels good in the moment to be wanted and needed and wanted to work on this. She works in uh, at her school's theater and she's like, well, they need me here. And they, oh, it feels good when someone says, hey, we need you. Can you do this? And she goes in the moment, yes. <laughs> and I let her say all the yeses. And she, by the end of the semester, had volunteered 150 hours at school. Ooh and kept her grades up and done everything that she had to do. And by the end of Christmas break, she was burnt out. 
And I said to her, so what did we learn from this? <laughs> and just to watch her fall and fail so many times and be so frustrated that she was giving up all her evenings, all her weekends, all, and she was just like, but I said, yes, I have to commit. I was like, yep. Once you say yes, you have to commit. And I drove her and we got her there. And at Christmas break, I sat down and said, so how, how many times are we going to say yes next semester? And, and she said, oh, I think I need to start thinking about it now because she wouldn't have learned the lesson if I had gone, okay, let's look at your schedule and let's do this. Let's do that. Da, 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 da. I just let her fall. Mm. And to know that, that now she's learned the lesson, like now she said, I think I'm going to tell them, I'll, I'll let them know in 24 hours from now on. And I was like, sounds like a great plan because you know, we, we, we try and control so much of what they do, but when they're with us, it's such a great time for them to, to learn by failure and by learn by being, you know, hurting or losing their weekends or cause you know, you're right there to pick them up, but right. when they leave the house, you know, that, that lesson's ticked. Okay. I'm not going to say yes, when it feels good, I'm going to exactly. just wait and think about it a little bit more. Great yep. lesson done move on. What's the next one? You know? So I love it. It's like driver's ed. By the time they leave home, I want them to have gotten through those lessons and and gotten as many experiences as possible before they're let out on the road on their own. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So true. What do I do if this happens? What do I do if this happens? Well, I've experienced it before and this is what happened. So I, I know what to do. Right. Well, in all of your literally uh, or literal uh, world wisdom, world magic, is there anything that for the listeners, if you could say, uh, you know, here's just one little tidbit that you could do, and you might've already said it and just, um, I have a feeling what it might be, but anyway, if there's one little tidbit that you could say that they could just put down the phone or the computer after listening to this podcast and start to act on, what would that be? I I always have the same thing that I say, if you can do things, one thing that will change your family in a moment, um, it's, and it comes actually from a woman I I grew up with in South Africa, a Zulu woman. Um, And it was honestly just an experience of um, how she used to greet me. And she used to, um, when she saw me, I don't know. She used to make me feel like I was the most important person on in the on the planet, and I'd walk up to her, and she would go, "Hello, my angel," <laughs> and um, oh, the feeling that she, it was the feeling with that so happy to see me. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if you can change one thing in your family, it's every time your kid walks in a room or wakes up or comes home from school, be show them how happy you are to see them mm. and let the feeling come through too, because life gets in the way and we're working and our kids walk in the room and we give them the scowl, like, Hey, what's up? Your shirt's a mess. You look a mess. We can't leave now. And, and, and eventually we, be, we get into this habit of always looking for the things to fix on them instead of just adoring them and then dealing with life after that, then going, hi, da, 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 and then go, okay, now we need to fix that shirt because you can't go out looking like that. <laughs> but, you know, just stopping and just going, ah, oh, you know, you're the one person that's going to make them feel that, mm. you know, that, that I am so loved and wanted and someone is so happy to see me. Right. And it really changes how they see themselves. It's, it, it changes how you feel in the moment. It reminds you to just be in that moment and not be so far ahead. That's so awesome. I always say that how yeah. you greet your children um, I always say light up like a Christmas tree every time 
and they they love it. Sometimes my kids will come in the room and they'll just stare at me. Like <laughs> they just want to see it. Like, oh, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just gonna leave, you know. So it's you're Aww. the only person who's really gonna light up like that. So do it, be that person. I love that. I really, really do. And yeah, it's that sense of belonging. Like, oh, the world is crazy, but I belong right here because this person is excited to see me. I'm so safe here. This is my safe place. Mm. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let us know where can we find you? I am on all socials. I'm under your passport to parenting or under Joanne Holbrook. Um, and I also have a website, which is your passport to parenting.com. And uh, yeah, I'm always online sharing little tidbits like this, doing this kind of thing all the time. So Oh, and we are space. so lucky. We're, we're all the better for it. So thank nah, you so good. much for being here. This was amazing. I hope, well, I know all of our listeners got uh, so much out of this. I know I did. I was taking notes. I am so thankful that you were able to um, be with us today. Oh, thank you. It's been so much fun. It always <laughs> is with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design, and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days, and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, NellieHarden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you love the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.